Hello, and welcome to my podcast, Sex, Love, and Addiction. This show was created to provide accurate expert information and support for those seeking insight into the painful realities of cheating and infidelity, sex and porn addiction, as well as the relationship between chronic drug abuse and paired sexual behavior, commonly known as chemsex. I'm your host, Dr. Rob Weiss, a licensed therapist, addiction specialist, sexologist, clinical educator, and author of 10 books on intimacy, addiction, sexuality, and relationship health. This podcast is a forum for discussing sex, love, and addiction in frank, fact-based, informative ways. My primary goal is to bring you clear advice, opinions, and feedback from some of the world's most renowned experts in human sexuality, trauma, addiction, mental health, and relationship intimacy. This show is sponsored by Seeking Integrity Treatment Programs, which are also dedicated to providing expert-focused, highly specialized residential treatment for men struggling with sex, porn, and related addictions. You can learn more about Seeking Integrity and my work there at www.seekingintegrity.com. Now let's get started. I have another question for you that's difficult, perhaps. Why did your wife stay with you? I'm blessed. Um, I'll give you the whole scenario. At first, she was empathetic, disappointed, then went to rightfully so being extremely upset and was on the verge of divorce. I want to kill you. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. And had every right to went to the family program at the treatment center I was at. And by the time she walked away from that, she said, you know what? I can see that this is an illness. You know, it, you know, the combination of alcoholism, which leads to very altered decision-making and the sex addiction. I can see that this is an illness. Let me think about it. Then we had another family weekend. We said, let's try, you know, and we probably did it for some of the wrong reasons initially, like, you know, like for the kids, the family, the whatever, but let's start putting the relationship back together. And again, we had professional help suggesting how we do this, which started with dating and how much time I could have with, at the time we only had our, our, we had our two youngest daughters were sophomores in high school. So two at home. So how would, you know, what would the interaction be? And so we worked through that. I don't know what you mean by dating. So we started we started dating each other again. You know what that was going to look like. You know, oh. we dated each other, started the relationship over again. And that was the suggestion of the therapist that we had. So let me fast forward one year. So at one year, we we went out on our my one year anniversary. And she said, you know, I was kind of hoping you would relapse. And I go, what? She said, you know, I took our wedding vows very seriously for better or for worse. And what you did was pretty worse. But if I left you in your darkest hour, I'm a schmuck. But if I gave you a second chance and you blew it, and I really thought you would, then I can walk away with my head held high. (laughs) But, you know, over this last year, I like Doug 2.0. You in recovery is the guy I thought I was marrying 25 years ago. So I'm, I'm willing to make this work. I want you to come back home. Let's, let's make this work. 
And I, I know that you know, and I'll just put a plug in there. That's the whole purpose of prodependence is not to empower the spouse to not to make decisions for themselves and what's right for them in a positive way, rather than saying what's wrong with me that I chose to be with this person. I agree with you. I think that that our spouses stay, stay with us because they love us and they can see who we might be. And they're hopeful that they might get that back or even better. So I, I, they kind of hold on to the best parts of us, even when yeah. we can't. So let's move a little bit and, and we're going to not go on too much longer, but hypocrisy. You know, I want to run a treatment center called Seeking Integrity, the idea of bringing disintegrated parts. In other words, I look this way at work and I look that way with my family and bringing them into a hole where I'm one person. But I know, especially in the field that we're in, how that would tear at you, that you're going out at, I mean, at some point you must have known that, that this wasn't just going out. I mean, you said I was trying to keep it together. How did you live with, because mm-hmm. a lot of people are listening to this and thinking about that. How did you live with this, this split between how I appear to other people and the work that I'm doing versus I'm struggling myself and nobody's going to know. How did you live with that? So let me tell you the guilt and remorse the day after truly kicked in to at work, my workaholism, I've got to make this right. I've got to set the ledger straight. So I'm going to work 14 hours. I'm going to be an even better version of me to make up for the debit side of what I did yesterday. And I did the same with the marriage, which was, you know, I'm, you know, you talk about honeydew lists or, or whatever. So at home, I, I was the guy who you want a room painted, I'll paint it. You want a deck built, I'll build it. You want me to coach little league? I'll coach it. In fact, I would be, I remember I was so good at doing that at the looking good part of this, that, you know, other, you know, our neighbors would say to their husband, you should be more like Doug. And I'm thinking, no, you don't. You don't want a husband like me, but they're talking about what I'm doing, mowing the lawn, building the deck, making a room. That was how I dealt with it. I felt like, if you will, there's a debit. You know, if you have a ledger, debit and credit, you know, the debits went down one day. You know what? The next week, my credits have to be so good to make up for it. That's that was how that was the mental gymnastics that I played to not go insane. And that kind of stuff will kill you. Yes, it will. Here's the last thing I want to talk about tonight. I also want to talk about the books you've written because I've read, I read the one you wrote about your childhood and I thought, oh my God, this is, this is amazing. Because I do think your work, although in many ways written for the executive community, it's so, it's about recovery in different, in different environments or how to become a better man. The, the application of the concepts, I guess, is what I love about your work. But um, I do, there is one question that I think you could help perhaps the spouse's answer or your take on this. In a way, I think I should be speaking to your wife, but so many of the spouses that I work with say, how could you love me and do this? How could you say you care or even believe that you care about when, when at the same time you're doing things that you know would hurt me and it's even worse that I didn't know about them? How is that possible or how was that possible for you to love your wife and do all this crazy stuff. Cause I do believe you love your family. Um, and yet when you're doing it, they don't matter at all. You know, what matters is your addiction. So what do you say to the women who are listening who say so often, I don't understand how he could love me or a oh, man, how could she love me and do this to me at the same time? 
how do how do how do they come to terms with that, or what do you see in that area? Great question. Um, I was blessed that we had a wonderful chaplain at Karen, Father Bill. God bless, God bless his soul. But he would talk about for any of us who suffer from an addiction, that is our first and foremost love affair. We are incapable of having a lasting, meaningful relationship with God, another human being, or even ourselves, until we do something about the addiction. So that, and she and, and, and my wife really bought into that as well. I was incapable of having a true loving relationship with my wife, even though I wanted to because of my substance use and sex and love addiction. Once that was in remission, she got to see how much I do really love her. I always loved her, but I was incapable of showing it in a true meaningful way until I got in recovery. Which she has seen. This is Doug 2.0, right? Yep. Let's go what you've written. I, I do. You're very um, humble about this, and I don't think you really put out and talk much about these pieces. But I, I think in some ways, that's what happens when we get sober is we become more creative. Parts of ourselves are expressed that we, were, we used to be too busy using or acting out, didn't have time for that. I guess what has come out? What have you written? Why have you done that? You know, all of that. And believe me, I'm not selling books for Doug because I think he's very yeah. humble about it. But I am trying to suggest that there are things that he's learned that that might be helpful and has written about. That's interesting. The book I wrote was called Flying Over the Pig Pen, Leadership Lessons Learned from Growing Up on the Farm. I grew up on a on a pork farm, which is a sophisticated way of saying we raised pigs in rural Missouri. And my dad, who would always say, I'm not a very educated man. I'm not a very smart man. But I often I say he was the smartest guy I ever knew. But so he taught us lessons by telling us stories. Oftentimes, kids don't remember the lessons their parents want to tell them, but I remember the stories and the stories were, were lessons and they were about how to be successful in life. And you can define success any way you want. So mm -hmm. I wrote the book about how you can be sort of successful in your career and maybe, and it could be anything you want it to be. I use this often as, because the same techniques that you use to be successful in your career, you use to be successful in recovery. And I t use a lot of the stories that are in the book. And the book's kind of a fun fast read because my, my kids initially read it. I gave it to each of my kids and they read the stories. And the next time they saw their grandfather, they said, did this really happen? And he said, well, sort of. I think your father's kind of embellished them a little bit, but the general nature of the story is, is true. <laughs> the stories are cute. They're clever but you'll remember the lesson. And I use them a lot when I tell my story as well, because the stories are, again, cute and clever, and you'll remember something. I'll even tell people, it's interesting, I have a sponsee who is graduating from Penn State Berks uh, this coming weekend. Uh, three years ago, I was actually the graduation speaker. And I remember telling them, you'll forget everything about mm -hmm. what I said, but I'm going to tell you a story and you will never look at chickens the same way. You always remember the chicken story. <laughs> and the chicken story has a really meaning on how you can be, uh, how you can self-actualize and get what you want out of life. And the same is true for recovery. 
I tell the chicken story all the time. We don't have time today for the chicken story, but if you read the book, you'll learn about the chicken story and you'll say, that makes sense, but true. Doug, I just really can't tell you how important it was to me that you're here. You're one of those people who has influenced so many of us in the field. And not only in terms of what you created and what you've done for others and in facilities, but also in terms of your own recovery. And I kind of think that that is more important than any of the other work you've done or in the uh, turn it around. I don't think a lot of that work would have had meaning had you not done your own recovery. Hey there. I sure hope you're enjoying this sex, love and addiction podcast. Before we continue, I'd like to remind you that if you or someone you know or love needs treatment for sex addiction, porn addiction, or co-occurring drug problems, Seeking Integrity can help. For more information, please visit our website at www.seekingintegrity.com, that's seekingintegrity.com, or call us at 747-234-4325. So let me ask you really quick. I'm going to tell people how to reach you because I got that part. But in in your work in the field, I know that that we both know that there are a lot of facilities that are profit minded, and that means sometimes the profit gets in the way of the integrity. And how? Mm-hmm. Well, since everybody says they all do the same thing on their online, they do. They see sex addicts, they see gambling addicts, they see all their addicts, and they see them all together. And they know, you know, how do you determine from where you sit, how someone can choose? What is a good place for me? How do I, and you know, a lot of them take insurance, some don't, you know, is there some method by which somebody can say, yeah, that is a good place. And yeah, they have my best intentions in mind, whether it's insurance or private payer. How do you know? if what you're going to get is what you need. One of the things I always suggest to to people is ask others in recovery in your community where they went. How did they get sober? And again, not everybody is the same and, and not every facility is the same. But if you talk to a handful of people, you begin to get a sense of if this person's in recovery and they're doing well, I need to at least consider where they went. And if and that's a good way to do it. The people who've actually slept in those beds, ate that food, sat in front of those counselors, listened to those lectures at whatever facility it is, because that's a great way to kind of get a mm-hmm. sense of, wow, it worked for them. You know what? Maybe it's a good place for me to consider. And I suggest talking to a handful of people because, again, everybody's a little bit different and some somebody might have to get out of town. If you talk to a facility, I'd ask us, you know, hey, could we, do you have some references? And professionals can be a good a good resource. I But however, a lot of professionals have almost financial connections to some facilities. And so I, I get a little concerned about doing that, but you can certainly talk to professionals as as well. But if you look at everybody's website, their facilities are going to look beautiful. They're going to say they deal with the most difficult patients and have the best results. I mean, that's, you know, that's kind of a, a truism. So talking to people who've actually been there, experience is a good way to understand that. There's some basic things that I always encourage people to do. If you can go see the place, cause make sure it actually looks like it does on the website. I mm-hmm. once uh, went to see a place that, you know, it, sh- it showed it on a beach and it was four miles from the beach. I mean, <laughs> if you stood on the fourth uh-huh. table with binoculars to see the beach, 
Is it really what it says? But then is it licensed? Is it accredited? Do they have bona fide outcomes with some type of third party organization that can say this is how it's working? What's the staff to patient ratio? Do they have full time doctors, psychiatrists? I mean, many are part time. Full time is far better. Mm -hmm. What's the staff? patient ratio. Do they separate men and women? I think there's, again, I'm kind of old school with that. I really think men should be with men. Women should be with women. A lot of unfortunate things happen. Mm -hmm. I think age, again, a 22-year-old being with a 60-year-old, you know, there's very different treatment that's needed based on where you are in life. So, you know, some age symmetry helps. So asking questions like that, can be real helpful because otherwise, to your point, uh, I mean, I remember when we, you know, sent our daughter to the treatment. They treated everything under the sun. I and I and it was a well-known facility. I, I knew it well. I'd never been there, and I got there, and I realized they have 18 beds. I'm like, how do you possibly treat 20 different diagnoses in 18 beds? But anyways, uh, it, it ended up working out okay. But it was certainly not what I had thought it was going to be. So those are all things that you can do as far as doing your homework. So I, I know I say I'm not going to ask any more questions than I do, but really this is the last question, which is how does somebody know that they need to go to treatment? What are the signs? And I think in drug and alcohol, like you said, you get a DUI, you lose, you're coming to work one too many times and you're loaded. And, you know, there are very, you know, you drive your kids drunk. I mean, there are some signs when you're an alcoholic that it's, or a drug addict is like, okay, this is just, you know, I, I can't live this way anymore. It's obvious to everyone around me. But as a sex addict or a sex and love addict, it's it's so easy to say, well, this is what guys do. This is what gals do. Or, you know, as long as I keep it a secret, you know, as long as they don't know, it won't hurt them. And so how would you know that you, is it just someone's going to leave you or just that life has gone down the hole? Yeah. Or how does someone decide, okay, it's time for me to take this more seriously. And my therapist keeps saying it, but I keep saying I don't want to. Well, I'll put it like this. I, I mean, there's a couple of great lines that I that I like. One is uh, one of our board members comes to this lecture. And, you know, and anytime people are in treatment, he goes, let's be honest. None of us are here because we're on a winning streak. And guess what? That <laughs> losing streak long time ago. I use the word consequences. I love consequences. Uh, when, when, when I talk to my guys in my SLA meeting, I mean, one thing is coming. Everybody is there because they got caught. They got caught mm -hmm. by somebody, their spouse, their employer, a friend. They got caught. And the, and the thing is, every one of us will acknowledge we should have been there a lot earlier. Mm -hmm. I, it would be great if we get to the point, Rob, where people could do earlier intervention on sex and love addiction. But I think, unfortunately, it is when people get caught. But I would say this, if you're worried about it, you have every right to be worried and you should go get help because it is progressive. It only escalates. Any one of us, you know, we drew the line at whatever. Okay. We cross that line and then we draw another line. Then we cross mm -hmm. that line and then we draw another line. Yeah, I throw all my porn out and then I go buy more. And then I, that's how it was in the old days. Now I delete it all and I load it again and I delete it all. I mean, the, the thing with technology is it's made it so easy, availability, affordability, accessibility. And, you know, someone guy, I mean, everyone pretty much has 
a porn through their phone kind of app and it'll be, hey, I'm just going to do it on weekends. I'm just going to do it once a day. But those lines come and go. We're hooking up. You know, I'm I'm only going to hook up when I'm out of town. Yep. You draw the line and then you redraw it because you're going to cross it. And when that happens, get help. Get help because it continues to get worse. Let me just say what an honor and a pleasure it is to have you here at Doug Tiemann. I think it's interesting, the treatment center part. Um, I think you have a lot of experience with it. I think we've both lived through some really difficult periods in our world and our work, which are improving rapidly. But it's, it's very rare for me to see somebody like you come out and say, hey, it wasn't just drugs and alcohol, and this is what I was doing, and this is what happened. And I think that's one of the highest forms of service is to put aside your fears of how others will perceive you and being willing to just put it out there because you know it's going to help somebody. Well, thank you. As you know, we've talked about it. One of my goals is I hope before I die, I get to see this illness thought of the same way of as alcoholism. It's something that happens. Uh, it's not a moral indictment of you. You had an illness and you got well. Good for you. Folks, I want to say that if you want to speak to, you have a question for Doug, you, if you have a question for Doug, if you want to better understand how he got here or where you might go get help, just write me. Uh, you know I'm Rob at SpeakingIntegrity.com, and I will make sure that he gets the note, um, and then he has the chance to answer it, and I will get it back to you. And Doug, thank you so much. I, I know I know what it takes to take the time to do this and and the spirit. And I just want to honor that. I'm grateful to work with you as a professional. And I'm really glad you're my friend. So thank you. Thank you, Doug. And, and likewise, I appreciate our friendship, but I also am so proud of what you do for our field. Thank you, Rob, for being such a leader and, and being a visionary. Well, Doug, I just want to say I am doing that piece that you talked about. I'm only interested in the specialty work. I want to talk to the men who are dealing with multiple issues because these complex cases deserve Uh, the kind of attention that they're often not getting. So thank you, Doug. Thank you folks for listening. Um, Another amazing conversation with somebody that I respect and care about, and there'll be more to come. Talk to you soon. Hi, this is Dr. Rob again. Thank you for joining us today. If this show has inspired you to seek further information for yourself or someone you love, I encourage you to visit our treatment center website, which is www.seekingintegrity.com. There you'll find some useful information about the residential treatment we provide, which I think is some of the best, most useful, short-term, effective, intensive care you can find for sexual addiction and compulsivity, as well as combined drug sex or chem sex problems. On SeekingIntegrity.com, you can find some useful advice and direction for healing. And don't forget, if you want to write me about this podcast or reach any of my guests, please write me at Rob at SeekingIntegrity.com. I really look forward to our next time together. Take good care.